Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome to Brainstuff from How Stuff Works. Hi, Brainstuff. Lauren Vogelbaum here. About the lunar landing, astronaut Neil Armstrong once said... It would have been harder to fake it than to do it. On July 20th, 1969, Armstrong and Edwin Buzz Aldrin Jr. became the first human beings to ever walk on the moon during NASA's Apollo 11 mission. Orbiting above them at the time was the third member of their crew, aviator Michael Collins, who was piloting their command module. Together, these three entered the history books. The lunar landing was a defining moment, a technical achievement made possible by centuries of scientific progress and the hard work of more than 400,000 people. But according to a 2013 poll, 7 million Americans think that the entire thing never happened. And a 2016 British poll found that more than half, 52% of Brits, think that the Apollo 11 moon landing was faked, including an astonishing 73% of Brits aged 25 to 34. On December 18, 1969, four months and 25 days after Armstrong, Aldrin, and Collins returned to Earth, 
John Noble Wilford of the New York Times ran a story about a few stool warmers in Chicago bars who had gone on record to claim that all the Apollo 11 moonwalk footage was fake and must have been secretly filmed somewhere out in the Nevada desert. The popularity of this misguided belief mushroomed during the Watergate scandal, an actual government conspiracy that seems to have left people more susceptible to believing other big government cover-ups were plausible. In 1974, Writer Bill Casing self-published a pamphlet called We Never Went to the Moon. Casing's writings alleged that any sort of lunar landing would have been impossible to carry out in 1969. NASA, he concluded, staged the moonwalk in a makeshift studio and then swore the astronauts to secrecy. Later, he added that the Challenger explosion wasn't an accident either. Casing accused NASA of sabotaging the spacecraft before the crew of seven got the chance to expose the Apollo 11 cover-up. His pamphlet gave the so-called Lunar Truther movement its first manifesto. Deniers like Casing saw their cause enjoy a modern renaissance in 2001 when the Fox Network aired a documentary called Conspiracy Theory, Did We Land on the Moon? A 47-minute special, the program featured interviews with Casing and other Apollo 11 skeptics. One of them was Bart Sabrell, a filmmaker who's released two documentaries of his own on the subject. The Fox program enjoyed great ratings, as did a rebroadcast of the show that aired a month later. However, scientists overwhelmingly denounced the one-sided special. The turn of the millennium also saw an explosion of internet conspiracy sites, which furthered the spread of lunar trutherism. All that negative attention was bound to generate some uncomfortable moments for the Apollo 11 crew. In the year 2000, Neil Armstrong was celebrating his 70th birthday. One of the cards he received came from a school teacher who wrote, Dear Mr. Armstrong, I would like to point out that you and the other astronauts are making yourselves a worldwide laughingstock thanks to the Internet. From there, the author encouraged Armstrong to visit a favorite conspiracy website. Armstrong forwarded the card to NASA, asking if the agency had ever publicly refuted these allegations. He said, I occasionally am asked questions in public forums and feel I don't do as good a job as I might with more complete information. NASA had, in fact, rebuffed the claims way back in 1977. That June, a press release from the organization dismantled Casing's major arguments. After the 2001 Fox special, the space agency reissued the document. Still, the doubters were not satisfied. While making one of his documentaries, Bart Sabrell and a cameraman ambushed Armstrong at a 2001 aerospace event in New York City. James Smith, then the president of the event's sponsoring corporation, recalls that Sabrell held up a Bible and demanded that Armstrong place a hand on it and swear that he'd really gone to the moon. The conspiracy theorist was swiftly ejected. This wasn't the only time Sabrell filmed himself accosting an Apollo veteran. He issued the same spontaneous Bible challenge to many other space travelers, including Apollo 14's Edgar Mitchell. And as Michael Collins told Air and Space magazine in 2016, the fringe theorist once tried to corner him in a supermarket. For the record, Collins says that he finds lunar hoax theories laughable. Buzz Aldrin, on the other hand, sure wasn't amused when Sabrell and a cameraman ran up to him outside a Beverly Hills hotel in 2002. Sabrell had lured Aldrin there under the false pretenses of an interview. Once Aldrin arrived with his stepdaughter in tow, Sabrell started poking him with a Bible and unleashed a torrent of insults. Finally, the 72-year-old had had enough. With a swift left hook, Aldrin punched Sabrell in the jaw. Sabrell, who quickly fled the scene, tried to sue Aldrin for assault, but the charges were dropped. The filmmaker has since apologized for his behavior. In 2012, Armstrong gave what was to be his last interview before his death at age 82. During a taped exchange with Australian CEO Alex Malley, the first man on the moon talked about everything from his Ohio childhood to NASA's future. 
Perhaps inevitably, Armstrong was asked point blank if the moon landing had been a hoax. He replied, people love conspiracy theories. I mean, they are very attractive, but it was never a concern to me because I know that one day somebody is going to fly back up there and pick up that camera I left. Today's episode was written by Mark Mancini and produced by Tristan McNeil. For more on this and lots of other out-of-this-world topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.